action movie survivor. When I'm not busy trying to avoid massive superhero battles with people getting thrown through walls or, or dodging giant robots about to step on me, I'm listening to the Part-Time Fanboy Podcast. Be sure to check out Part-Time Fanboy at parttimefanboy.com for somewhat weekly podcasts and reviews about various fanboy-related subjects. Do it now, because the robo-pocalypse is coming! Part-Time Fanboy Um, forgive me, I have a little bit of a frog in my throat, uh, but uh, yeah, good morning. Good morning. So, Wells Thompson, thank you for coming on to the Part-Time Fanboy Podcast. You're actually kind of a, a little bit of a mystery man to me, because I've had Dalton on the podcast several times, mm. but you've never joined in, and so I was always joking around with him like... Let, let me just, assure you, let me what, assure you. What's that? Personal. <laughs> I said, let me assure you, it's personal. Uh, <laughs> no, no, uh, I was, I was. No, it's just, it's just been coincidence. Uh, we, we, sometimes we have to trade off on podcasts if of one course. of us is unavailable, and it just so happened that I, I haven't been able to make it onto this one before. No, no, it's totally fine. I, I, my joke was always like, is he real? This man of mystery, <laughs> like, does he exist? And here you are, Don't... finally. Dalton made me up to sound more official because, like, there's two people writing and it can't be bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Well, let's just say your name is Wells Thompson. Uh, my name is Christian Horn. This is the Part-Time Fanboy Podcast. Um, I have a little frog in my throat this morning. I don't know. I'm not sick. I don't feel ill. I, I mean, I'm, but if I sound a little hoarse, that's why. Don't know the reason. Maybe there's a new virus going on. <laughs> like, God, I hope not. But, uh, yeah, so if okay, I sound a little raspy... That's why I'm not in pain or anything. Um, but you are here because, well, we've chatted about this, like I said, with Dalton K. Shannon before, but um, you're doing a collection of your book, Mechaton, correct? On Kickstarter yes. right now, right? Yes. The trade paperback for Mechaton is currently uh, pre on available for pre-order on uh, Mechaton. I would say funding. Uh, it's... All, all we're really funding is the printing of it. Got uh, it. All the art is there. Everything is available. Every like we're we're designing the book right now. As soon as we have, basically, all we're waiting for is the full list of names to put in the thank you page before we send it to the printer. So if you want your name on that page, yeah, uh, this is the time. Got it. Got it. So like, it's a, a, did the Kickstarter launch already, or is it is it? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, the okay. Kickstarter launched uh, in in. Uh, February 5th, I believe. Got it. So got we're, it. we're about two weeks in. Got it. So like, are we saying midway through? Like uh, people yeah, still have time. Yeah, we're about halfway through. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's great. It'll, That's... it'll be over beginning of March, like March 6th, I believe is the last day. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. This will be up like this coming Wednesdays or Thursday. So we'll be good. We'll be good. No, that's great. I mean, Mechaton is, you know, back in a collected edition. Um, I've I have all first five issues. I'm assuming that that's what this collects, right? Yes. So the the standard edition of the book uh, collects the first five issues. That's 108 pages. Uh, it, it sort of standardizes them. So the the first issue uh, kind of had uh, some some edits going back when we uh, 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 published it with Scout. They wanted uh, to change some things to uh, just small like dialogue tweaks and just to make everything a little bit tighter oh interesting. Uh, so 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 it is a slightly different version of the first issue that's going into this than than what you might have uh but other than that it's it's the same story uh it has both versions of the book have all of the uh covers available like mm. cover full cover gallery and then uh we also have a deluxe version of the book that includes a lot more back matter uh, stuff like uh, original character designs, original uh, sample pages from uh, different artists that that weren't able to stay on the project, um, 
uh, a script for a, a Mechaton story that we weren't able to to do. That's sort of a sort of weird what if scenario. There's there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Nice, nice. No, I mean for people and for people who don't know what Mechaton is, I mean if anybody's listening mm-hmm. to this podcast, I have we have chatted about it before. But sure. you know there might be one or two out there. Uh, first of all, let me just say off the bat that I find it to be a very charming, fun, you know, kind of like all ages like yeah. adventure book. Like I very much enjoy what I've read and I reread some of it uh, this morning. And, it, you know, obviously I think it's only been a year since the the last uh, Kickstarter, right? Like for, for this. Yeah, it was around about this, this time last like year. Like April, I right? I think. Yeah. Uh, I think it was closer to, to February, March. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, uh, you know, it gets my recommendation. I mean, it's a fun mm-hmm. book, uh, especially if you've got kids or you like the sort of thing. But I, I will, you know, and I will let you say what sort of thing it is now. <laughs> so you might as well <laughs> sure. just tell people, like, give them the pitch. What is Mechaton? Yeah, Mechaton is a uh, rule of cool uh, sci-fi comedy, essentially, about uh, these uh, Derek and Leah, this brother and sister, uh, that discover a glove that turns anything it punches into a mech. So where uh, when when the town starts getting invaded by uh, giant irradiated kaiju uh, insects, uh, they discover that they can uh, create sort of suits of armor to, to deal with that. Uh, the first one is a hot dog cart. It's done by accident, and the rest, the they, they get more elaborate as they go. Uh, but yeah, it's it's very lighthearted. It's got a lot of heart. Uh, it's it's great for all ages. It's really funny. Um, yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's a joy to write. It's a joy to be able to make this comic. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, again, I, I reread some of it uh, this morning, and yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely perfect for like kids or, or even, you know, people of my generation or, or younger mm-hmm. who are like into this sort of thing, like mecha yeah. like robots, like, like fun. It reminds me a little bit of, um, kind of has like a little bit of a Ben 10 sort of quality to it. Yeah. I mean, as far as fun sure. goes. We, we, I think we wrote it primarily for the, kind of like growing up in the 2000s tsunami crowd that was sort of our, <laughs> yeah. that was sort of the 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 people because that's us like that's that's sort of who we were writing it for yeah but it certainly like it certainly does call to some of the aesthetics and some of the you know uh sensibilities of like ben 10 like you said uh there's definitely a little bit of adventure time in there um and and looking back you know in the opposite direction there's i i guarantee you uh Dalton snuck some Ultraman in there. There's Tokusatsu all over the place. Power yeah. Rangers, like, uh, it's for the kid and all of us. Like, if you're if you're ten years old or fifty years old, you're you're gonna find something about it that's charming. Yeah, yeah. No, it is a very charming and fun book, and uh, really well illustrated too. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. for the ty- the kind of book it is. I mean, I very much enjoyed like sort of the kinetic energy of it, and it's very yeah. much like the sort of thing that you would find you know, in that graphic novel section where the, the young adult or like mm-hmm. kids books are like, like reading it, I very much, you know, kept thinking like, oh, this could hold up versus like anything that's out there, you know, on the shelves right now. So like, well done. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that, that was, uh, we, we sort of uh, went as hard as we could to make sure that it, it all looked professional and it all looked, uh, you know, up to snuff, even like the paper quality was something we really fretted over to make sure what we got right. Oh, nice. And, uh, and yeah, yeah. Fernando Pinto is a criminally underrated, uh, artist, uh, his style and, and ability to, to be flexible and to, to be expressive, uh, while still being unique to, to his own kind of creative sensibility it is, is astounding. Um, it doesn't look like any other book on the shelf. It's it it sort of reminds you of a bunch of other things. Like it, I, I get, you know, a little bit of TMNT. I get a little bit yeah. of like Saturday morning cartoons. People say all the time, like stuff it reminds them of. But there's no book that looks like Mechaton, yeah. and uh, and I love that about it. It's, yeah. It's so- yeah, it's a very unique kind of like illustration, like cartoony style. Like, and I don't use, I have to say this on the podcast a lot of times, I don't use cartoony as detrimental. You know, I, th- right. I find that kind of art like very exciting. And, you know, when I was young and I was like really into like stuff like George Perez and stuff, like maybe I wouldn't 
like drift towards this sort of thing. But as I've gotten older and, and become more of a fan of like animation and just cartoons and the energy that this kind of uh, illustration can capture, you know, it's not stiff. It, it moves, you know, the panels move very quickly. Mm. It's very fun. Um, yeah, I use cartoony as, as a compliment these days where I know that some people see that as detrimental, but I am not using it as detrimental at all. I, yeah, I really no, like I it. Think, I think, I think, anyone that you're talking or I, I would hope that anyone you're talking to on my side would like uh w- would have an understanding of that. sure of like, yeah. cartoony is like that's that's not a bad thing that's like i think as you get there, there's this weird like bell curve effect that people have in their in their media consumption where it's like on the one hand like when you're a kid you like the energetic stuff you like the silly stuff you're able to bend the rules like in your head a little bit and you have a lot of like joy that comes from like not even bothering with suspension disbelief how is the how is the coyote still running on air for, yeah, yeah, for yeah. nine feet who cares it's funny yeah uh and then as you as you get older and and more serious uh you know towards your like late teens early 20s like it's just hardcore realism is the only thing you care about yeah and and like anything else is a plot hole or something to be scrutinized and then like as you get older you're like you know i think maybe abstraction rules maybe it's cool to to be stylized and like uh and and really different so yeah yeah, no i i definitely think uh cartoony gets gets wheeled out uh as as sort of a backhanded compliment but but it's to me, it's just like, oh, that's a that's a great quality of the book. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's great about you and Dalton, too, is that, I mean, you've done several books together. And I think you may have done mm-hmm. a couple of, uh, like, uh, a couple of projects on your own as well. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but... Um, yeah, we, I mean, we don't exclusively work together. We do yeah. work together quite a bit. So yeah, we have we have another ongoing series, Frankenstein the Unconquered. We have an anthology that we've done together. I'm working on uh, two books by myself right now, and Dalton is working on a series of uh, prose novels. So Oh, wow. Uh, so yeah, we, we all have our own stuff going Dalton's on. Dalton's getting active. like highfalutin and trying to like write a novel and stuff. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> he's not good. He's too good for comics. No, I'm just kidding, obviously. Uh, <laughs> um, but but I mean, let me, let me assure you, Dalton is not too good. No, I know, I know, I know. But he still doesn't like the Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan the Barbarian movie, so I have to hold that against him. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just kidding if he's a, if he's listening out there. But um, talk to me a little bit about your inspiration behind this. I guess I I don't know that I've ever chatted with Dalton when he's been on. Like, how did you meet? Like, how did you come together and and you know discover each other and and you know just decide to make comics together? Yeah. Uh, well, we were in uh, a dungeon together, and I won't say the name because we signed an NDA. But no, um, we <laughs> we were in college. Um, we I I met his then girlfriend, now wife, uh, in some I think a communications class or something like that. And we would go get breakfast uh, and and hang out. Uh, she introduced us, uh, and we we kind of. We got on pretty well right away, uh, and then we started showing up in each other's writing classes, and we realized really quickly about each other that we were, if we weren't the best in the class, we were up there. Okay. <laughs> and we vibe with each other quite a bit. I don't mean that in a mean way or anything, just like, you know, game recognizes game. Sure. And, and, there, were, and there were a number of really talented people in that class, but like me and Dalton kind of gravitated toward each other. I remember he wrote a story as a prompt, as like, a, we're going to take the day, pick a prompt and, and write whatever you want and we'll evaluate it at the end. Uh, he wrote a story about a man who goes on a blind date uh, and discovers slowly throughout the date that his date is a velociraptor in a wig. Um, and <laughs> okay. I was like, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, wow. I'd like um, to check that out. <laughs> yeah, it's well. And then uh, later we used that as the basis for a short film that won a bunch of awards at the Red Bird Film Festival, which is another uh, college uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, a film awards thing. Um, and yeah, we were we were both in uh film writing classes and and digital filmmaking and stuff. And uh, after college, after we graduated, you know, everyone kind of drifts apart a little bit. Um, We really craved that, like, 
workshop setting where, where you got to examine each other's work, do it, you know, edit, swap ideas. Yeah. Uh, and so we sort of set up our own workshop that eventually morphed into working on books together. Um, he sort of dragged me into comics. I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I wasn't looking at comics seriously until he, uh, really insisted on like, this is what I want to do. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. So I, I, uh, helped him with his comics and then I started, uh, you know, dabbling in, in a script or two of my own. And then eventually that turned into just a full blown, you know, partnership of, of ideas. And, uh, we made a bunch of short comics that eventually turned into, uh, Descent into Dread or horror anthology. Uh, and then after that, we started working on, uh, Mechaton, which was sort of an idea that he had had in the back for, for a while. Um, he had written a, like five issue mini for Mechaton, and I just felt like it was moving way too fast. So we, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I uh, w worked with him to sort of make it. Uh, you know, it's it's the same in a lot of respects from that original uh, draft, but it's uh, a lot uh, uh, more careful about the characters. It really uh, gives you a lot of time to hang out with them, which I, you know, always thought was the best part of the book is. Derek and Leah and Hex, uh, and, and watching their shenanigans. So I, I feel like the version we have now, uh, moves a little slower, but it's, it's a lot more fun for it. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, can you define moves too fast for me? Like what, what, what was it about those first drafts where you were like, I mean, it sounds like you wanted to focus a little bit, like you said, more on character development and stuff, yeah. but when you're first reading those drafts, was it action, 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 action and stuff like that? Yeah, or? it was a lot of action. And, and like that, it was fun, but it was very like things happen. We're not explaining anything. Uh, you know, we're, we're sort of sprinting from one thing to the next, um, for context, uh, the, the first issue, uh, of, of our version of Mechaton involves him, uh, getting the glove and, uh, and discovering it has powers and, and, uh, and defeating this thing. And that was sort of the shape of the original, but it, it basically included events all the way up to like issue three, issue four of, oh, wow. of the current, of the current book. So yeah, it was like the, the, the model that we have now is something like 11 issues for the whole series that we want to tell. And oh, he wow. told it and he told it in five and that includes, you know, uh, the future issues that we want to do are a little bit longer, like 32 pages. So uh, in terms of 20 page issues, it would be more like 15. Sure. Oh, wow. So, um, talk to me about how you approach that though, like breaking it down. Like, I mean, if he, he has a script and he comes to you and you're sort of like, like were the right. brother and sister in it? Um, so it was originally two brothers. Oh, Hex, okay. was, Hex was originally, or was not in it. It was, that was sort of my creation. Uh, as I recall, it was originally two brothers. Uh, and I, I, sort of the, the core of the story was always their relationship. Um, you know, this really, uh, convincing and, and, and well-formed, uh, sibling dynamic. Uh, and that's what I, that's part of what I fell in love with, uh, the original concept. And, uh, I sort of, I sort of steered it toward it's a brother and sister, uh, sort of, uh, made their, uh, kind of character traits a little bit more pronounced and, uh, and, and gave them more opportunities to shine, uh, introduce more characters for them to interact with. And yeah, it was, it was just a matter of like, um, slowing the story down so that it really felt like we were staying with them as things got more dire as things got, uh, as consequences started to form. It wasn't just like, we did a big thing and now we're moving on to the next one. It's, we did a big thing and we really need to talk about what just happened. Sure. Sure. Understood. This is not okay. <laughs> understood, understood. Understood. So with, um, the two characters, I mean, we haven't really talked that much about them. It's a brother and sure. sister pair, right? Yes. Yeah. Derek and Leah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. D Derek is, Every, so everyone uh, always says, like, he's, you know, 17, 18. And that is not actually what we had in mind. He's, like, uh, 26, 27. Oh, really? Um, yeah, he's supposed to be a little bit older. Uh, and, and Leah is, like, just out of college, essentially. Um, oh, that's interesting. But I... just in that very, like, he doesn't... 
I, I remember uh, this description from uh, from from high school when we read what was it the the legend of uh, Rip Van Winkle. Uh huh. Um, he he falls like he's perfectly okay doing everyone else's uh, job, helping out, you know, making sure his neighbors are taken care of. He has no ambition when it comes to his own house and and like what he's doing with his own life. Yeah. Um, and. That that was sort of uh, Derek to me was like he's a generally good guy. He just doesn't have any real like ambition beyond hanging out, playing video games, you know, uh, doing like a part time job to keep food on the table. Um, and then Leah is s- sort of uh, the self appointed older sibling, despite mm. the fact that she's like four years younger, um, and has a really like good you know, relationship with her brother, but also like is a little bit arrogant about like her position in their relationship. I, there's a little bit of, she thinks she's better than him. Uh, not enough to that. It's like, she's contemptuous of him, but you can tell by the way they talk that she maybe looks down on him a little bit. Yeah. She seems a bit more of the brains of the outfit. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's something we wanted to play with, uh, a little bit in this uh, arc, but definitely in the next one, uh, the I just like the friction that that causes, because they're like they're great friends and they have a, a relationship that really only siblings can have, where it's just kind of casually riffing on each other constantly, and and there's never any doubt, like you know where they actually stand. Uh, but yeah, you you can you can only get called a moron so many times before you snap back. <laughs> sure. No, it's uh, interesting that you mentioned that they're older. Because mm-hmm. that sort of like is a quality of the art. The art is very useful, youthful. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, it is useful, but it's also youthful. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> that's kind of like where I assumed, oh, these are kind of like younger kids. I mean, yeah, at least like looking through the first issue, you don't see their parents and they live together. So I think that may be why people assume that they are younger than how you meant them to be portrayed. Right. And we do meet uh, we do meet their mom. uh, And in the fourth uh, issue, we get we get a FaceTime with her, uh, which is which was one of my favorite scenes to write in the entire series. Sure. Um, But and and you get a sense that she's older and she's like, I'm an empty nester and I'm I'm going on vacation whenever I want. Um, But uh, but yeah, I, I it's not. It's not a bad thing that people think they're young. Uh, I I actually I think that's a strength of the art uh, of the the art style, like you said. Uh, I think it allows more people to to kind of you know uh, empathize with them and grab onto them. But I did want that like you know the the fact that they're older to me, uh, at least for for people sort of in my, you know my age group, the the uh, sort of younger millennial crowd, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, give them like i think they'll recognize themselves in in derek and leah quite a bit and like while still allowing younger readers to to sort of uh grab onto them as well gotcha 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 yeah no i mean it works either way but i was just mm-hmm. i was kind of surprised when you said it i was like oh because they live together too and i was like oh they're, they're older yeah. and they live to-. so and all at least in this first issue all you see is them hanging out in the basement and he's playing video games so i buy you know it's just like i just assumed they were they they were yeah. younger so that's interesting yeah i mean he does sort of live the life of a teenager and i do think that Derek is probably in a bit of arrested development of just like, you know, he, he figured out life at 17. What what else is there to do? Sure. Um, (laughs) Got it. Uh, but yeah, I, I think a big part of, of Mechaton in this first draft or in this first arc and even moving forward is, is definitely Derek growing up a little bit and, you know, learning to take a little bit more responsibility and, and be more of an adult and, and stand up for himself in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah, the 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 core of the book is is was and remains that that brother sister dynamic and uh, and you know how their relationship evolves and almost more importantly how it doesn't. <laughs> got it. Uh, but yeah, watching their interactions is is sort of the the joy that I got from the original script as well as as well as working on it uh, for for this modern you know iteration of it. Um, and then like the you know 
robot fights and kaiju battles are sort of the cherry on top. Sure, sure, sure. So do you have siblings? Do you have a sister, brother? Yeah, I have uh, three older brothers. Oh, okay. And, oh, you're and the youngest. Dalton has, yeah, and Dalton has a younger brother, and that was sort of... That was a that was a thing in common that we had and a starting point that we we were both on the same page on when we uh, started Mechaton was like a lot of comics and movies are really bad at like at at uh, accurately portraying the sibling relationship. Sure. Um, you know, it's a lot of estranged siblings that usually introduced by being like, "Hello, brother." And I'm like, that's <laughs> never happened in life. Yeah. I'm much more likely to walk into a room and be like, hey, asshole, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, like, it, there's just sort of a casual, uh, there's a very specific kind of casual loving nature to sibling relationships that you, it, it's a texture that you don't get anywhere else. And it, it always frustrates me when they don't, like when you don't take the time to sort of, not even explore that just show that it exists uh because it does it does take like a little bit of trust on the part of the writer for, to allow the the reader to intuit that that's what's going on without outright saying you're my younger brother you're my older brother and i think we did wind up putting like a signifier or two of that just to make it a little bit more obvious in case someone missed it but i really do feel like uh you can you can give the audience a little bit of, you can give the reader a little bit of credit <laughs> and yeah. and they'll be able to tell like well they aren't dating cuz no one would put up with this <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's funny well so you both have brothers why yes. a sister like if especially if the original concept nothing towards sisters i have a sister yeah. i'm just saying like uh if you have experience with brothers why make it about you know uh, a brother and a sister uh i think it i i like uh writing uh female characters just in general um not not that it's like easier or harder necessarily just like i since a little bit probably since like i graduated college i've just been sort of bored Whenever I'm like, and I'm starting a story, and the protagonist looks like me, <laughs> eh, we can do better. Yeah. Um, it, it makes me sort of actively think about, you know, what the character's experiences might have been a little bit more if it's if it's someone that isn't a carbon copy of, like, how I see myself. Sure. Um, and there's usually bits and pieces of me in, in sort of every character. There's definitely a lot of me in Leah, but... Uh, yeah, making it a brother and sister just felt a little bit more dynamic, felt a little bit more natural. Um, uh, yeah, I, I again, I, I like having uh, I like having women in, in like uh, positions of agency in the story. Um, and aside from Leah, like Hex is non-binary and was also an, an, a complete invention of mine. In the original script, it was just two brothers and like a military general and the pizza manager. And like, that was it. <laughs> it was, uh -huh, uh -huh. it was like a small amount of characters and most of them were white dudes. And I was just like, mm, I, I feel like we can do better. Sure. Um, so yeah, the, like giving, giving characters distinct and, and, you know, rich backstories just helps me to tell it a little bit easier. It gives me something to pull from. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, Flexes I mean, the like imagination. Nothing... Yeah, bit. it's just it just it just gives the it gives the world a little bit more texture, in my opinion, to to di like make the characters a little bit more diverse. Sure, sure. So you weren't necessarily into comics. That's something that your writing partner Dalton kind of pulled you into. But yeah. as film and movies and stuff like that, or as a writer, were you into like sci-fi? Were you into like animation what like to sort of like you know my assumption yeah i, I it's an incorrect assumption as i've come to learn is that like if somebody's into sci-fi or movies that they would be into comics and stuff like that but that's not necessarily sure. the case what is your or uh like background in writing like what are you inspired by or where did it come from um 
originally so like i i read a lot of like contemporary american uh lits oh in wow college that was sort of my bread and butter nice um, so you know jd salinger ernest hemingway f scott fitzgerald uh kurt vonnegut uh jennifer egan for for a really modern take um and and yeah that's sort of always been where i you like, are got way off base to... here mister <laughs> <laughs> nice that's great that's, a, um, that's and, incredibly interesting yeah but i've always i've loved genre not as like a you know i'm really into sci-fi just as a this is a really interesting way to tell a story yeah um and if you pay attention to my work, I, I never stick with one genre for very long, mm. which, you know, that might be <laughs> that might uh, be detrimental in the long run to, for, for people to come see the work because people who like sci-fi tend to, to stick with sci-fi. But I have always just been more interested in, like, what's the story I can tell? What's the most interesting way to tell it? Mm. Um, yeah, to me, Makatan is is a story about a brother and sister, and it's a story about uh, coming together as a community with like extremely limited resources and uh, the you know the sort of uh, dynamic of someone in the mech and someone calling the shots and building a mech out of spare parts gelled really well with that. So sci-fi, you know, mecha action it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's to to me genre is like a smuggler's tool. You you use it to kind of get in the the core of what you actually want to say. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I love I love horror films and I love uh weird sci-fi stuff and uh and fantasy and and really anything I can get my hands on. Um yeah, I'm reading the uh the Southern Reach trilogy right now, which is like cosmic horror uh really kind of out there uh interesting stuff if you've seen the film annihilation that's the first story in the southern reach trilogy oh wow uh, oh, okay yeah oh. so yeah it's i i don't lock i try not to lock myself off from any one genre because there's really interesting stories to be told in each of them and the the impact is different depending on how you kind of uh approach it um sure. Yeah, I, you know, I, romance has not traditionally been my thing, but when I tried, when I, when I got in to, uh, uh, you know, give romance its, its fair shake, I found a lot of stuff that was really interesting and I wound up writing a sort of like, uh, fantasy romance in the vein of, uh, of the princess bride and we made that into a comic. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel like the best thing you can do as, as a reader is like, you know, free yourself from the very narrow, like, I like sci-fi and that's, that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I, I, but I find it fascinating because like, uh, particularly the generation that I come from, you know, an American lit person, mm -hmm. you know, and comics, not necessarily, well, well, you start to discover that a lot of the people that wrote comics when I was growing up were like highly educated or, or self-educated and yeah. very much into, lots of different things, obviously, and American literature being a part of that. But it's interesting because like when I was younger, like if you were into the sort of literature that you're talking about, you mm -hmm. would never like comics were like, no, like, oh, that's for the dummies. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think, I mean, there's definitely like a, a there at least was, and I'm, I'm pretty sure there still is kind Probably of Probably still around, is. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Ar around comics, which is very dumb for, yeah. for many reasons. I think the thing that turned me on to comics and like, and, and made me excited about the art form uh, before Dalton was, was, I read, uh, Watchmen in high school, oh, okay. uh, which is a weird one to start with. Let me yeah. tell you, um, yeah. it's like you, you, I obviously, I didn't have the full context of like what it was saying about sort of the, the superhero genre, yeah. uh, and, and what DC and Marvel were doing. Yeah. But I did just appreciate it as a really interesting, well-told story with a lot to say. Yeah. Um, and that sort of ballooned out into like uh, reading Scott Pilgrim and reading Persepolis and and you know kind of and Mouse and kind of getting uh, the the sort of you know standard um, yeah. go to graphic novel education. Uh, and then as I was 
starting to get into writing comics with Dalton, I, I thought I probably need to read more of these to really understand what's going on in, you know, in the community and, and, you know, what the best books are and stuff and what this, you know, what the art form can do as a storytelling medium. Yeah. Uh, so I started reviewing comics, uh, for comic book Yeti. And that's when I like found oh, Ram V and Dan Waters and, uh, and, and, you know, image and dark horse and, uh, and, and just like really fell in love with what comics can do, uh, just as a storytelling like medium. Sure. Uh, cause it, I mean, some of the stuff being made today is, is shockingly good and it's it's sort of criminal to cram it all in the same space as like you know uh the the very stereotypical uh, uh, uh superhero book that's full of filler and ads and like doesn't really say or do anything yeah which yeah. which is becoming rarer and rarer nowadays but uh even so like to to even to put something like coffin bound in the same conversation as uh, you know, as, as like a silver age DC book feels, feels short-sighted. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I have not read coffin bound. I'm going to have to check that out. I have not. It's, it's a trip. It's so, it's so good, but it is so weird. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. That's up my alley. I, I mean, I like all kinds of stuff. It's, uh, it's, uh, what's interesting to me is like you sort of like you said, being exposed to Watchmen without necessarily the background of like what Watchmen is kind of like commenting on or parodying, mm -hmm. like, you know, the superhero, you know, male power, you know, sort of yeah. dynamic and how it, if in reality, it could change the world, not for the better, but possibly for the, the world, like, right. you know, yeah. So that's, so that was your first step in, huh? Yeah, more or less. Wow. I mean, I'm sure I've, I'm sure I, oh, sure. Read, you know, uh, flipped through a Spider-Man comic at some point and just, and, and, you know, you, you grow up like in the era that we grew up in, there was like Batman, the animated series sure. and, and Justice League Unlimited. Like I was familiar with superheroes. I don't want to come across oh, like, I, you know, I just, I just wasn't like deep into the comics. Yeah. 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 Um, which is, I think where most people kind of are um is sadly especially nowadays with you know with with marvel being what it is yeah uh people are very familiar with like the idea of superheroes and that's just sort of like a part of the makeup of pop culture but uh you know very few people are actually going out and buying comics yeah um you know lots of reasons for that but uh but it's still very much like a you know I think comics have have a lot of PR work to do to to get yeah. them, you know, on the level, even on the level of just like airplane reading. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's a socially acceptable thing to do in That's public. So weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever I travel, or you know, if I have a tablet or a graphic novel with me, I, I'm so way beyond the point of being self conscious about it. But there's inevitably always somebody who's like, oh what are you reading? Oh, that's, you know, Oh, I heard about yeah, it's this like thing. A weird novelty. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Or they're just, they've been curious about it themselves because of the movies. And then it starts a conversation like that. Like, like yeah. Watchmen will be something that always, you know, it'll be like, Oh, I kind of read this thing. Watch, you know what I mean? So that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. That's, so, I mean, if you are sort of like getting into comics, um, and learning the sort of art or like, you know, uh, how it all works and stuff like that. How do you go from something like that? Like, like this book is, you know, kids with Mecca and stuff like that, or, or yeah. animation. Were you into Japanese, uh, media at all? Like culture like that? Were you into like, you know, Ultraman or, or, you uh, know, what, any of that sort of thing? I'll say Dalton. Yeah, Dalton is super into Ultraman and Godzilla and Tokusatsu in general. That's that's absolutely his jam. Yeah. Uh, as well as like you know, uh, Gurren Lagann was a big influence. Oh on this yeah. Um, yeah. I I I've never been into to Tokusatsu as much, but I did sort of grow up with the anime boom. So there's there's a lot of like. Dragon Ball Z, Big O, kind of. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, Full yeah. Metal Alchemist is definitely in there. Like, um, yeah, I, I, 
definitely have an appreciation for for that kind of off the wall uh, uh, storytelling. And while I'm not like a full on like I I don't consider myself like a huge anime fan or anything like that. I don't seek it out necessarily. Yeah. What is it? Otaku uh, is that the phrase? I think that I yeah. I'm yeah. The, I think all of it kind of has an unkind connotation, so I'm just going to say anime fan. And, sure, and sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I, I like. I think I think the art form can be really great. It's like everything else. Like, there's really great things in the art form, and there's there's you know tropes and and stuff that I don't like. But uh, but I, I you know appreciated it growing up, and it sort of made up part of the texture of that like you know uh, Saturday morning cartoon vibe. You know, like I said, it's this is a book for the for the tsunami crowd for for the people who came home from school and were like, I want to see what's you know the next episode of Dragon Ball Z, which we didn't know at the time, but was actually like already a decade old. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. By the time it reached our shores during a particular, yeah, I mean, already, it's amazing now. Stuff comes out yeah. and it's practically already here right away. So yeah, the kids are spoiled. Wells is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just it's too much. But so. Um, can you talk to me about, you know, I mean, you're a fan, you've seen stuff and Dalton is, seems to sounds like to me, like he's more the mega fan of everything. How do you go back and forth, like pitching ideas, not just for this book, but for anything that you're writing, like, um, and is it like, is your relationship sometimes like, here's one for you, one for me. Like, I want this one to be maybe more serious and into the wheel, my wheelhouse. And then, you know, maybe Mechaton is more his wheelhouse or do you just, like blend and merge. Sure. How does it work between the two of you? Um, you know, it's 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 definitely a back and forth. Uh, we, I think we we just go with what idea seems best and don't really worry too much about where it came from. Um, so, in ter- in terms of like what we decide we're going to work on next, is just like what do we think you know is missing from sort of our our collection of books um what if we're, if we're at a con and we have all of our books like put out is there anything that someone coming by would say uh you know this all looks good but i actually really like this other thing that you don't have and and we like we've been trying to sort of fill uh the holes in like find a way to engage different kinds of readers so that was that was yeah. sort of how it started off at first um and now it's it's just more like you know what what lately lately we've been kind of off doing our own thing so it's just kind of what uh we've really wanted to to pursue as individuals uh but going into to Mechaton and, and Frankenstein it was uh yeah it, it was just these are two ideas that we've kind of had uh that we've wanted to work on for a while um why don't I go off and write Mechaton, you go off and write Frankenstein, and we'll come back and we'll sort of uh, pass it back and forth until we're both happy with it. So, uh, yeah, I tend to do the uh, first drafts of Mechaton, uh, and then he'll do a second draft, and then uh, usually by the third draft, we have everything kind of where we want it, and it's just a matter of minor tweaks. Yeah. And then same thing for Frankenstein, but it's the opposite. He starts off with draft number one, I'll do two, and then we'll eventually get it to to where we want it and where we're both happy with it. See, that's even more interesting to me because you coming from maybe American literature, I would be like, you want to do the Frankenstein book and he wants to do the Mechaton book. <laughs> like, am I, I, well, does that make any we, sense? We, we sort of, I think, uh, took it upon ourselves to do the more challenging book. Got um, it. You know, if I had given it, to if I had given uh, Mechaton to to Dalton, I think it would have been good. It just would have been less thoughtful, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I think like when you just are really into something and like you've been living with it for yeah, you know, uh, it's been a decade in your head. It's just like impossible to parse what works, what doesn't. It's just it all seems great, and then it takes someone, it takes an editor to come in and be like, hey, what is even going on? And you just and realize that you, like you just completely looked over something. Yeah. Uh, so I I wanted to take like Frankenstein is a little bit more out a little bit more in my wheelhouse. Uh, Mechaton would be a little bit more inside Dalton's wheelhouse, absolutely. And generally, like that second draft is is 
a lot of times radically different from the first for that reason. Mm. But getting to see the ideas that the other person is bringing in, uh, getting, you know, making compromises, that's where we get a lot of our best moments. So I, at least I felt like, I don't know how true it wound up being, but I felt like if we started off with a thing that we're strongest with, we wouldn't be pushing ourselves. We wouldn't be trying to, you know, uh, uh, come up with really creative solutions to stuff, uh, that we maybe didn't have an immediate answer for. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe eventually we would have found our way there, but, but I personally like being challenged and I like, uh, having to, to think outside the box and, uh, and, and I think it makes the, uh, the story better on the whole as a result. Sure. Is there ever any, when you take your pass and, you know, you not necessarily being a diehard fan, you know, knowing your thing, but where Dalton's like, no. We can't do that. Like, or, you know, like maybe this kind of monster or like, you know, oh, not, not usually about that stuff. The, the aesthetic stuff and the, the references were usually pretty good on. Mm. Um, yeah, we, we, so like the, the biggest change that we made was that in, I, I alluded to, there was like a first, you know, kind of crack at the series. Um, I think the very first thing, the first kind of, uh, uh, mech that they made was was the one of the house which is the one that appears in issue three Mm. uh and i was i was like i think we should build up to the house like that that seems like a good like middle ground kind of like this is sort of a more powerful version of what the mech can do of what the glove can do but we need something that's a little bit smaller a little bit more personal and so that's where the hot dog cart came from which (laughs) turned sort of into a mascot for the series um it's great yeah i i I do love that. (laughs) Is it the ketchup cannon or the mustard? Yeah, it's so good. It's so (laughs) natural. Um, But yeah, we, we don't really butt heads on that so much, but we do absolutely kind of, uh, we, we know where we're going, how to get there. Very often we have differing opinions about and it, and uh, yeah, it's, we're 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 solid friends and some but sometimes walking away from those you're just like how does he think this and i'm <laughs> oh oh i've been there <laughs> you, you, yeah and then after a day you look back on it and you're like eh, he's kind of right oh that's great <laughs> and you and you figure something out uh but yeah again that that sort of push and pull that i think makes the book just just a lot better uh yeah. than than just one person running away from it or <laughs> running away with it and, and sort of leaving behind all sense of uh, you know, groundedness and, and wanting to, uh, to keep the audience engaged. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when I had Dalton on to chat about Conan, the barbarian, the movie, that was one of his complaints that it was, that it just didn't just keep moving. Like this isn't Conan. Like there should be, like he was complaining about like slowing down and like telling the care, you know, telling Conan's story. And I was like, yeah, but not everyone is like, had read the books and you need to know what this guy's deal. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't just be like hacking and slashing through the whole thing. And you know, that's a very, that's very much a simplification of our conversation during that. But now that you're talking more about it, I'm like, okay, I get how this relationship works a bit. Maybe. Yeah. I, I I mean, I think I would probably agree with him with, with, uh, with certain aspects of Conan, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Cause like there are definitely kinds of stories and certain like characters and, and settings where that is what you want. You do want to go like fully kind of bonkers with it. Yeah. Um, and, and arguably like this sort of like Mecca, you know, uh, uh, action comedy does lend itself more to that very episodic. We're not going to take too much time with the characters you've got, sure. you know, their main traits. And then maybe we sprinkle in a little bit of flavor here and there. Uh, but to me, it was a lot more interesting to tell it like this. Cause you sort of expect it to go one way. And then uh, it, you know, <laughs> you sort of expect it by, by issue two, they're going to be like a fully fledged team and be, uh, you know, uh, uh, have a cheesy you know, team name and, and be globe trotting, uh, kaiju busters. Uh, that's sort of like where, you know, you're like, I've seen media like this before. This is where we're going. And then it, it sort of deliberately refuses to, and, and says, no, let's really, you know, let's really deconstruct what this would be like. Yeah. 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 I want to, one of the things I wanted to ask you as far as like, you know, collaborating and stuff like that, 
What about the monsters and, you know, just the design of the mecha? Like, do you have any input? Like, do, how in-depth are your descriptions and how you want it to look? How do you pass that off to the artist? Because, I mean, in the first one, uh, there's like a giant roach thing. I, I don't... Mm -hmm. Is it Diheadipod? Diheadipod, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the original... Uh, yeah, originally it was it was uh, Thoraxis and Abdomination, which are the the later two kaiju. Uh -huh. um, and and in, I mean, it really is as dumb as an insect has three parts. And I knew that we we needed because again, I was sort of slowing down the story. We needed another monster to fill that role. And so I was like, well, what's the? <laughs> it's you have thorax, you have abdomen, you have head. So I was like, okay, what's the head monster? It's diheadipod, and it's got it's it. a giant cockroach. <laughs> got it, got it. And why bugs? Is that just like a thing that, that you guys are like, are bugs um, just gross? And so this is hinted at in the story, uh, but not said outright until the next issue. What exactly is going on, and why why the the why bugs are mutating specifically? Sure. Um, but I'll say if you go back and and read through the first issue. Uh, and and watch what the glove does. Uh, there's a pretty strong hint as to why it's bugs. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Let's not spoil anything for anyone. But oh, yeah, man. no. It's like we 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 get that question a lot of like where are the monsters coming from, and I'm like, uh, take a look at the book. It's there. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I don't gotcha. want like we will eventually be more explicit about it, but we 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 left some pretty strong hints as to what's going on. Yeah. One of the things I noticed visually. Um, is the word balloons and stuff, right? The tails mm -hmm. that connect everything or the tails. Yeah. You don't have like the traditional, and I I understand the reasoning behind that. I've actually seen a lot of comics like do this where now it's yeah. just a line and they have text or it's a square. And like a lot of people are abandoning this traditional sort of comic book right. lettering, which to me a little bit sometimes is like heresy. But like, I'm like, <laughs> why did nobody else like think of this? Like, you know well, what I mean? Can you speak to that? Was that just the letters design? That was, yeah, we, we put a lot of trust in our art, in our, in our artists and, and the people that we work with um, to sort of create the, the best look for the book. Yeah. Mechaton was always going to be a little bit more modern, a little bit, you know, not edgy in the like, you know, uh, 2000s uh, new metal sense, but like, you know, a, a little bit more uh, just just uh, modern sensibilities and and sort of uh, off the wall aesthetics. Yeah. Uh, so the, I think the the feeling was just like a traditional word balloon would work, but this sort of like newer design, uh, uh, you know, uh, a newer age. Uh, technique for doing it fit the tone a little bit better and sort of made it feel a little bit more energetic, a little bit more, um, you know, has almost a rebellious vibe to it. Uh, like, I'm, you know, that's, that's sort of reading a little bit deeper into it than, than probably was intended. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 that was a choice made by our, our letterer Nathan. And, uh, and, and I think it matches the aesthetic of the book really, really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, same. Uh, we knew that we wanted sort of flatter colors, for example, like Megan, uh, Megan Casey, our colorist, uh, really went to town on like uh, making the world feel very bright and colorful while also maintaining that sort of flat, you know, Cartoon Network aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, everything looks great. It's interesting because at least for those tales... Like in mm -hmm. some points you have like it's just a black line and then some yeah. points it's like got either a stroke or an underlying like white. And there was definitely a part of me in some spaces where I was like, oh, maybe that should have just been white or but that's my own recommendation. You can be like, whatever, Christian, go, you know, suck a lemon. Or, you know, that <laughs> well, was just... the, the yeah, the the sort of uh, price you pay for for breaking standardization is that people are going to have opinions about it. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, that's fine. On the whole, I think it looks really, really good. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy he like he made the choice to do something a little bit offbeat. Yeah. Well, um, it makes it stand out for sure. It makes it go like, oh, OK, like this is different and that it gets yeah. it gets your attention, especially if you're kind of like a regular comic book reader. It's like, oh, you, you will notice that when people do it, when people break sure. that convention, it's like, oh, what did they do? OK, let me check this out. So, you know, good, good idea, at least in my yeah. opinion. Lettering is one of those things that like it 
it rarely makes a book, but it can always sort of break a book. Sure. Um, and so when you get the chance to let your letter flex a little bit and do something different, I, I, I never begrudge them like the, op- you know, taking the opportunity to do that yeah. and to like really show off. Um, yeah, there's, there's very few, it's, it's a little sad cause it's such a really like, it's a, it's a work intensive craft and it, it takes a lot of time and practice. Any, any writer who's to, like tried to letter their own work will tell you like, yeah, it's a mistake. Hire, hire professional because <laughs> it's, it's a lot harder than it looks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but almost no one actually like takes the time to notice the letter, uh, which is a shame. Uh, and, and I mean, even in my own like experience as a, as a critic looking at, uh, you know, lettering as a separate part of the art form. Uh, even I, you know, very rarely take the time to 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 notice if there's anything different going on with the lettering. Sure. Uh, and when when there is, when you get, you know, again, I'll reference Coffinbound because Aditya Bidikar is one of the best letterers on the planet, and he letters that book. Like that was one of the things that really sucked me into that book is that the lettering is immaculate. Uh-huh. It looks incredible. Uh, but yeah, no, that that very rarely happens, and uh, so I, I very much enjoy taking the opportunity to let her to let a letter flex and and really show off what he can do. No, that's great. No, I mean the book as a whole looks just fantastic. I mean I I'm not disparaging it in any way. Just saying like, oh, this is different, and I noticed it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. No, I didn't. I didn't think. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wasn't gonna. It wasn't going on the defensive. Just I like to brag on on Nathan whenever no, I can. No, absolutely, and yeah. you know, well deserved, and well deserved for trying something different. That obviously I brought it up in an interview and was like, hey, that's different. So like, you know, no, that's great. No, I mean, everything is. I like I've said, everything is like been great you know the first five issues that i checked out uh you know i i think i supported the last campaign and ordered all four you know uh so yeah i mean mechaton is uh, it's a fun book and i highly recommend people go to your kickstarter and you know support the collected edition um so you've got what what did you say how many 10 or 12 that you want lined up or (laughs) so we have uh we have these five issues that we've done and we have uh in the next two arcs, it's uh, three issues of 32, three issues of 32. At least that's the plan right now. Got it. Um, so, 11. so yeah, 11 issues total. But yeah, uh, in terms of page count, it's going to be closer to like what you would imagine 15 issues would look like. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Gotcha. 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 Well, you know, that's great. I mean, honest, honestly, uh, I've loved both of your work, you know, the Frankenstein book and this, and, mm-hmm. and then what was the other pro it was depths. I think was that, was that depths? Yeah. yeah. So depths was, is, is a graphic novel that we've been working on for a while. Uh, that we was on Zoop, tried right? a couple times to, to get it funded and haven't had any success so far. Oh, okay. Uh, Apologies. So I would, yeah. Sorry. I would no. Oh no. It's, it's totally fine. It's, it's one of those things that I'm like, no, I want more people to know about it so that eventually we can, you know, actually get it done and, uh, and work on it. Um, yeah, Jay Sheik, uh, does the art on that one. And, uh, it's, that one is very much my wheelhouse in terms of like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, 19, it's like 1930s. It's very literary. It's very, you know, uh, narration heavy. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Well, you know, congratulations on all the great work and it's great to finally meet the man of mystery, you know, <laughs> virtually. Yeah, it was great to meet you too. <laughs> so, I mean, again, the book is called Mechaton. It is currently on Kickstarter. Uh, Wells, where can people find you online? Like what's your preferred, you know, social media, website, whatever, like where can people find you? Sure. Uh, for as long as it exists in a usable form, uh, I will be on Twitter. You're at, still on uh, Twix. Wells. Ah, okay. Go on. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, I'm at Wells Thomp. It's just my name minus the last three letters. Uh-huh. Uh, same with Blue Sky. You can find me on there. I'm a little bit, I, I'm, I'm getting back to being active on that one as well. Nice. Um, best place to find me is my newsletter uh, on Substack. It's called Comics, Cats, and Cocktails. And you can find a link to that through my website, wellsthompson.com. And through there, you can also find uh, 
uh, uh, links to all of my uh, work. So stuff that's running on Kickstarter, stuff that's in pre-order, stuff that's available on Amazon, etc. You can find it all there. Nice, nice. Well, Wells Thompson, the book is called Megaton. It is currently on Kickstarter. I highly recommend it. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, my name is Christian Horn, and this has been another episode of the Part-Time Fanboy Podcast. Uh, you can check us out on parttimefanboy.com. Our email is ptf at parttimefanboy.com. Uh, we are on Facebook. We are still on Instagram. We have abandoned the hellscape that is Twix. Not doing it. Not doing it. Um, I don't <laughs> And yeah, just go check out Megaton. Go to Kickstarter. Search Megaton. Throw it some money. It is a great book. I've enjoyed it. Uh, I've enjoyed what I've come across. So if you support this, there will be more of it. So go to Kickstarter and support Megaton. And uh, once again, thank you for listening. And we will be back soon with another episode. Bye. Time time boy.